We are Lisa and Ted, and this is a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation, an exploration of both disciplines, which uh, hopefully holds some lessons for for good living. Life well lived, yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is our, our 40th episode. We're here talking about expectations. Yes, this was a this was a listener request, a listener inspiration, mm-hmm. and. Which is so cool. We love that. Yeah, so so we sort of dive into expectations based on her note to us, the, the things that she was finding herself wrestling with, and what how we can how we can approach those things, which was great, a great jumping off point, and it was a pretty it's a pretty far ranging conversation. Yeah, we talked about ep- uh, expectations for if you're on stage performing, expectations in relationship, expectations all the way up to like worldview. How do you conceive of what humans are here for? Yeah, so. so all sorts of avenues down the road. Yeah, so check it out. Check it out. We hope you like it. At the end, we're just, I'm just going to give you a heads up about this. Heads this is a headline, which is that we get into a little bit at the, at, not at the end of the conversation, but in the outro. We're going to tell you a little bit in more detail about our Monster Baby Retreat, which is in June. So stick around and listen, listen for that if you have any little inkling of curiosity. Any little inkling. Yeah. Okay, there it is. Uh, enjoy the show, enjoy the ride, enjoy whatever else you want to enjoy. We're getting into expectations. We'll let you get on with it. Ladies and gentlemen of the Monster Baby Podcast, we have a new podcast to introduce you to. This is Marley Greystone. Marley. Little Ms. Marley Greystone. Perhaps you'll hear her purring. (laughs) Or perhaps you'll hear her grabbing the microphone with her little paws. (laughs) She is... She is Running an active like a little cat. And uh, she'll be jumping around. We might put her away, but for now, she's roaming around. Yeah. Great. So we're on, huh? We are recording. All right. Great. This is the real deal. Red light is on, blinking outside the radio studio. On air. All the people are scrambling around uh, in our staff, our <laughs> Which technical is staff. This kitten. <laughs> scrambling around, trying to get other people to be quiet, uh, pulling together cables and lights and sliding uh what's it called i feel like we could leave this now this yeah. image <laughs> feels it's like slide. we could be done with There's that a sliding thing on the soundboard Sl- slider slider yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> okay do you have a warm-up that you'd like to do lisa roland um i i actually kind of feel pretty warm okay we just we took a lovely walk it's a beautiful day we went to the ocean yeah it's nice I feel warm too yeah so our plan for the day is to talk about expectations mm-hmm. which was a topic suggested by one of our listeners yes shannon thank you shannon thank you shannon for suggesting it i i I love the idea Mm -hmm. i love the idea and i think they get in our way you know it's like they're impossible to escape but can sometimes be tricky and sometimes they can help and when is that the case and when is it not the case and yeah i feel like it would be a good thing to pull up shannon's note yeah, so Shannon said why we have expectations, how we manage them, where we find them in performance and in life. And she relayed an experience where she was in an improv class with a scene partner who was expecting one thing, and she came out disappointed when those expectations weren't met. Mm-hmm. So having had the expectations, didn't get fulfilled, disappointment. Uh, and it wasn't so much, she said, about what I expected the scene to be about, but more about how well I expected myself to do in the scene. Uh, but what she came out with was a lesson. Um, and then she was hard on herself, which she says, I knew in my heart was ridiculous, but the feeling was hard to shake anyway. Yeah. So then she also relayed a story 
uh, that she heard about a, on the radio about a young man who had died suddenly at 18. And the show hosts were talking about expectations there, how we expect that our loved ones are going to be around. And so we just kind of go through life assuming that things are going to be there when they're not. So it sounds like lessons about impermanence, but why, why do we put off what we can do today to show our love? Uh, oh, so, well, yeah. yeah. So, so it's an interesting little stimulus about expectations in different parts of life, whether it's yeah, on a stage or... Yeah, I mean, or... That feel, those feel like really different. How so? Well, I guess... Well, maybe they're maybe they're not. They just you feel like the scale of those two things is, right. is wildly disparate. <laughs> well, yeah, having a scene go wrong and having <laughs> an eighteen-year-old die in an untimely <laughs> life snuffed out. Yeah. yeah, that's not. Yeah, and why do we put off? You know, yeah, we expect things will go a certain way, and there's not. I feel like there's not an inherently bad thing that those expect for the for the vast majority of circumstances. Those expectations are met. Right. You know, like right. I expected to wake up today, and I did. I expect I'll wake up tomorrow, and I'm likely to. You know, like I expect that I'll have that I'll have a long life. I don't know that. Now, the question of does that mean I'm not doing things that matter to me right now because I figure I will do them twenty right. or thirty years down the line, and anything might might show up like that. That I think that is a different question. Of mm -hmm. like, am I living in accordance with what really matters to what you? What really matters to me. And am I putting something off for any good reason? And mm -hmm. if there's a good reason that you're putting it off, well, maybe that you know, maybe that's just the breaks. Sure. But if but if it's like, well, I'll get to it, and it's just sort of inertia. Well, then that you know, I think that questioning those expectations can wake you up mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. In both of those instances, there's some element of if we don't have any expectations, we can't be disappointed. Right. It's kind of like the thing about. In Buddhism, about attachment. If you're not attached to anything, you don't suffer. You might have pain, but you're not going to suffer. So there's something about that that's appealing to me. Like, well, what if I just let go of every expectation? Then I could just be present for what is. And yet... It feels so... It's almost unnatural. Completely. I mean, I also feel like that's what like being in a relationship is. Right. is we have expectations of one another that are reasonable and appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> like I expect that when I call you you'll call me back and I expect that you'll that we're not breaking that we're not broken up. <laughs> like I expect that, right. you know that we're going to do this together and yeah. that you know it, and that feels like an important I think that it's okay to have those uh, commitment to a, a dedication uh, to yeah, mutual investment. Right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, and when it's, those expectations are subverted, you're not the problem. Like, like there's certain situations where if my expectations of my partner, for instance, are not met, is it my problem because I had expectations? Or is it like, mm. no, we sort of made an agreement. Right. Right, and we've... Now, what, now I mean... Okay, so when your expectations involve another person, they should know what they are. Uh -huh. right? You like, like. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's it's huge. unfair of me to blame somebody for not meeting my expectations when they did not know what those expectations were. That's huge. Yeah, I think that happens a lot. Yeah. Professionally, uh, interpersonally, I think of that in relationships. There was, there was one time where it was just about close to close to breaking up with somebody that I had been with for a couple of years. And the, the sort of the turning point for me was when I realized that she was mad at me for not measuring up to a standard that she had created for me that wasn't about me. Yeah. Like she was mad I wasn't being the person that she wanted me to be instead of 
mad at me for being the person I was, something like that. Yeah, right, right. And I thought, yeah, I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm not the one you have think I should be. Right. So we need to adjust this. Either you don't want to be with me, or you should drop that expectation. Yeah. And eventually we ended the relationship. Yeah. I guess she wanted to be in a relationship with that guy that she was imagining. Of expectations. Mm -hmm. So that that was a case where she had... Okay. She had this expectation yeah. of me that wasn't realistic. So so I think, in sort of thinking about talking about expectations, I mean, I have so many thoughts. I'll, many of them come from improv where expectations really don't, just don't serve you. Mm-hmm. In terms of an unfolding scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's interesting because there are, there, there are two things. I don't have expectations of what, but I have expectations of how. Yes. So I have expectations, and I think that being in a company of... It's like being in a relationship. Being in a company of actors means I do have expectations of how you're going to show up and what the kind of improv we're doing together. Mm-hmm. But I don't have expectations about what this story needs to look like, or rather, I don't get attached to those expectations. So what are some of the, what are the, some of the process expectations that you want people to show up with? In I expect that you'll show up willing to connect with me more than you're connecting to the audience. Mm. I expect that you're going to show up looking out for a story. I expect that you are going to follow the direction of the director. Mm-hmm. I like we all sort of expect that we're we're telling that we're uh, responding to truth instead of joke telling, you know, storytelling mm-hmm. instead of joke telling that we are re- reacting emotionally in, a, in an emotionally truthful way for the most part that we are on the same page if we have been given a clear direction that that is what we are that's what we're shooting for yeah. and the times that I have been angry is when I feel like one of those expectations has been violated sure and partly because I feel like those are pretty explicitly laid out expectations okay. I expect that you will be willing to be vulnerable on stage mm-hmm. so those are all perf- specific performance related expectations well I think it's how like. we approach the work I think it's not yeah. performance it's rehearsal also okay sure. I mean like the, this yeah. is we're going to show up professionally. Yes. We're going to, I expect that you're not going to show up in, under the influence of alcohol and drugs. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, that would be in there. You're going to show up on time. Yeah. Right. You're not going to show up high. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're going to treat the work with respect. You're going to look like you meant to get dressed that day. You know, it's like, you're going to meet these certain norms of, you know. Hygiene. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. just Soft professional, care. just professionalism. Yep. It's yep. like professionalism uh, for performance specifically. Mm-hmm. So, and, and with regards to the work, you know, so there's that sort of creating the container for the work. And then with, with regards to the, to the work in terms of being willing to be vulnerable, connect, mm-hmm. being willing to be, to, to connect with a person, be changed by them. Like that we are telling stories. These are some of the sort of improv values that we, yes. that we have. And in terms of the structure of the organization that, that there is an artistic director and they set the vision and we follow that. Like that's. Yeah. So there are some sort of contracts that we have, I guess. We have expectations of one another. And then when this, as the story unfolds, it's like letting go of the expectation about where it's going to go. Yeah. What it might find its own, the water's going to find its own flow and going to go. It's like, oh, knows? but I thought this scene was for this. And I, I had built up the scene to go this way. And it's like, well, we all have to be good at letting that go. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't, because I can't notice what is happening if I am playing out the story that I have already written. Right. That I can't be in the story that is happening. Yep. Because I'm in a different story. Yep. In my head. I gotta drop out of that. Yeah, and if you're in the one that's in your head, you've got deflector shields up to the reality that's coming at you. Yeah, because all you can see is whether it is or is not right. what you thought of. Confirm or disconfirm. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. if it's and if you're really attached to that mm-hmm. version of the story that's in your head, then everything else seems wrong. 
So this, as we're saying this, this sounds like a very powerful analog to being in a relationship mm -hmm. and or being at work. Like that, or for in my mind, uh, what a healthy relationship looks like. So I want to commit to the process. And so the process is we're going to show up on time. We're going to respond to each other. We're going to stay vulnerable. We're going to keep checking in, right? Where, um, we're going to be honest with each other. We're going to be honest with you. We're going to not show up high yeah. <laughs> or drunk or whatever. And, and Are you talking about relationship or rehearsal? I'm talking about relationship. Okay. Yeah, but that, even that, <laughs> okay, like, great. we're going to take care of our physical selves yeah. so that we're healthy for each other and, you know, not letting ourselves, as you said, go so it looks like we accidentally got dressed instead of intentionally. Yeah. And... I mean, and, sometimes I go through the li through life... Sometimes I have days where I look like I accidentally got dressed. I don't want to be clear. I just want to be clear about that. Yes. Like, there are times. And sometimes I show up to rehearsal that way. But you probably wouldn't show up to a date that way. I would not, and I wouldn't show up to a show that way. Yeah. I'd make sure I had clean clothes. Right. And so, but then, what is the particular end point of the relationship? I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. And staying open, so it's not getting locked in like, oh, this is leading to engagement, leading to marriage, leading to 2.5 children. If that's the vision, and we're sort of confirming or disconfirming everything else, then I think that's problematic. Um, yeah, right. I, I mean, I suppose for that relationship thing, I think there are people who are like, I want to get married. I want to be married and I want to have children. And if I am in a relationship with you and I sense that that is not what this is, or I can't envision that future with you, I'm out. Because sure. that's what I want, which is... That sounds like getting clear on what the director is going after. Which is maybe different. That's the director's vision. The director's vision for the relationship. Like, what are we going for here? Yeah. This is what we're going for. And if we're on different pages, then right. Yeah. So Different so pages, different stages. Ooh, different ages. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> different sages? Phages? What's a phage? Microphage? A phage a scientific thing? Sounds like it. Anyway. Um, Gauge? Different gauges? I feel like maybe one of the important things about expectations is realizing that you have them mm. because then you can decide how you're relating to them. And I think sometimes people, especially in, I think in relationship, this comes up a lot. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it comes up in, in improv and scenes as well, which is you just assume things are going to go a certain way and you develop these expectations that that's how it's going to be. And then behave sort of, you are driven by, mm -hmm. by those expectations and, and you didn't even realize you had them. Yep. And that's, I think, where expectations can be really, can be hard. Super. On you and on other people. And yeah, so, super conflicting. Yeah. And to, to Shannon's point of that moment of she realized that she had expectations that I'm going to be good in this scene. I'm going to do really well. And maybe it's like putting your eye on, on noticing that desire to, to be good, moving into it. And so you can like put it in, in its appropriate, not... Not disabuse yourself yeah, of that. Yeah, don't obliterate it. Yeah, not like, no, you, you shouldn't think that. But like, just put it in its appropriate place, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, I want to be good. Well, maybe. We'll see. I love that It'd idea. It'd be okay if I'm average. Bringing things, to, bringing things to the surface. Let's put them up here. And like, yeah, the image I used to use in class was take whatever that self-concern is, put it in a suitcase, leave it at the door uh -huh. when you come in the door. And then when you head out, you can pick up the suitcase if you want it. Yeah. Or bring it back out with you. If you want to leave it here, fine, I'll recycle it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Know? But uh, I think that's where we get into 
a lot of trouble on all sorts of uh, levels. Like it's kind of a worldview question. Yeah. Right. If I'm not conscious of what my worldview, what I think is real, or what I think human life should be about, I'm carrying that around with me every single interaction I come into. And so, if you have a different mindset about, for example, what the government's supposed to be for, uh-huh. are we supposed? To, is it supposed to be a paternal, stereotypically paternal? Uh, boundary setter who punishes people when they do wrong or is it supposed to be a stereotypically maternal caregiver who supports and nourishes and you know challenges people to rise to their best yeah and if we if we never bring that to the surface we're just going to keep banging our heads yeah fighting about what the purpose of government is Mm. Um, so so in terms of getting to underlying beliefs that drive actions that's right and and that if we don't bring those to the surface it just creates conflict, mm-hmm. the unresolvable conflict, because you're fighting over what's actually true in the world. Yeah. And, I think and if happens, you just have different ideas of what is true... That's right. I think the well, same thing happens... Well, then we can stop fighting, because we're just, we're just in different spots. Yeah. Yeah. And if we want to find agreement, maybe we need to find the common ground between those two or go another level deeper or another level higher yeah. in order to be able to see some, some uh, synergy or cohabitation possibility that we couldn't see before yeah so i I think that happens that happens all the way on that level with like what is the world for and Uh it happens all all the way down to this we're on stage together if we have a different vision of what we're trying to do and it's unstated why is there all this conflict why is there all this conflict and we think it's like like, why is it hard to play together because that person's not a good improviser or i don't like them or i don't like their style like oh no i was expecting them to show up this way and they were expecting me to show up this way and we're not showing up in the same way yeah but that never became vocalized yeah yeah so yeah make it conscious i think deciding what your relationship to your expectations are is is important what your, oh boy! What your Grammar, that deciding what your relationship is to your expectations is, is an important. important process. Yes. Yeah. So, so and realizing that you have them. Yeah, realizing yeah, that you so have how, expectations. How do you go in and harvest them, how, or figure them out? How do you catalog what your expectations are? I don't. Uh, that's a good question. Um, in life or in improv or either. Well, I feel like in improv, I allow. Um, Oftentimes expectations come in the form of thinking I like flashing on where the scene is going or flashing on where the story is going or seeing po- possible narrative ties in, oh, this person and this person are both in the story. Oh, maybe they're mother, mother, daughter. Mm-hmm. But instead of then operating from a place of like, oh, yeah, that's good. OK, good. We'll tell that story. <laughs> like noticing that I had that flash and going through that process of, oh, could be, could be. Pay attention. And see what the moment. So, like, hold the story, but play the moment. Mm-hmm. You can't play the. You can't play the story. Right, because not everybody's in on that. Well, why? You're yeah. You yeah. got you got five other brains on the stage with you okay. who all have their own ideas of what might be happening. You know what might be going to happen. So that's as it's unfolding. But how do you how do you bring to the service what your expectations are beforehand? Like you, as you're describing, commitment to the process, expectations oh, for well, the process. I mean. Those are explicitly stated. From a director or from a well, it depends company? depends on the kind or, of... Or, I mean, we have a handbook and a contract that we sign that says this is how we're going to show up. At Bats yeah. Improv. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to a festival, is there any sort of that sort of... Sometimes. Clear direction that way? Sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, the standards are so wildly different in different 
improv communities, especially around drinking and things like that, that, you know, people come from different places and they, they sort of come and they do what they do. Right. You know, I once went to a show where there was the group was performing and anytime somebody said a certain word on stage, everybody in the audience took a shot, took a shot or had a beer or or something. And I was like, oh my goodness. It's just different. That's a very different approach yeah. to improvisational theater. Yeah. Well, it's that, and my guess is they were not going for theater. They were not. They were going for comedy. And I feel like that's a really diff- different rules apply. Rule. You do it in different ways. Yeah. You know, I want to be really careful about not demonizing or. Yeah, not coming across like that's not the right way to do it. And mm-hmm. my way is the right way to do it. My way is, is the way that I feel most comfortable doing it for what I'm hoping to get out yeah. of this art form. Yeah. Anyway. That feels important. Sure. So, okay. So, yeah, and, a, and there's a director. And so they, you know, yeah. and I, in, I think in some communities, there's not even clear expectations about who's in charge or how this, how decisions will be made. I mean, it's like process and systems and things that we can all agree on so that we don't have to fight at every moment, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. When I teach, um, when I teach classes, I almost always start on the first day taking some time with a group to set shared expectations, shared mm-hmm. commitments. What, what can we commit to to make this the best learning experience possible? Mm-hmm. And so we'll come up with, you know, listen well, including don't interrupt people. Or we'll say, take risks and take care of yourself. Or honor privacy, whatever the, whatever the commitments are. I love doing that because then it's not me policing those expectations. Everybody's signed on. Yeah. And then they can hold each other accountable. Yeah. Um, but it's, as you were saying, it's making those things explicit as opposed to just assuming, oh, we're all here to learn. Of course we're going to treat each other well without ever saying, what does that look like? Yeah, right. You know? Right. Gives people something tangible. Yeah. And I think it uh, interrupts or prevents so many discipline problems or prevent so many conflicts because we've taken that 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, to all arrive at these expectations. Yeah. Everybody's got their voice in and we can say, is this clear to everybody? Is there something you disagree with? Disagreement would be great. Better to get it clear now what we mean by this. So we say, respect each other. What does that mean? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Um, Love getting that in place. (laughs) I would be game for doing that in a, in a relationship. But I think some people would be like, what is going on here? Why are we, why are we talking about all this? We haven't even, you know, hung out. <laughs> would, before, do you think you would do it pre, pre-hanging <laughs> out? That might be your issue, Hi. Seth. Hi, nice to meet you. Can we uh, set some ground rules here? I just want to set a couple ground rules. Can you take a minute to brainstorm? <laughs> think about it. What would... What... What kinds of behavior and commitments from us would have you leaving this date feeling great oh, yeah. the night. Oh, good Lord. No, I wouldn't do that. Good Lord. Although I kind of think it would be funny to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, so it feels like there... But that doesn't... This actually doesn't feel like the kind of expectation that Shannon was talking about. Uh, setting expectations for how we are In together. a way. Well, I don't know. Because, because she was talking about expectations that she had of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you let go of your expectations so that you're not disappointed by how mm-hmm. you, sh- how you show up? Mm-hmm. Right. So I get, I mean, maybe, maybe they, maybe all these expectations play by the same rules in order for expectations to be, to function positively, we need to be aware of what they are. And I think that applies 
in expectations we have of ourselves. Hmm. And that it is, the, the pain comes when, oh, I realized that I was expecting this to go this way. And apparently you didn't think that that's what was happening mm-hmm. in a scene, in a relationship with regards to, I, because, because I think like that, like that, like, ugh, bad feeling after a shitty scene, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm well familiar with is it, it only feels really bad if you thought you were supposed to be better, I think. Because there's yeah, some bad that. scenes that I leave and I'm like, well, that, we never have to do that again. Yeah. You know, I did a shitty show recently. Or rather, it wasn't, I don't know how shitty the show was, but the experience was kind of shitty. The audience was very... Uh, Flat. Small and sort of unresponsive. Mm. And maybe we're having a good time, but we could not tell. So lines, we kept like saying things and they were just sort of... Blink, 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 like fall flat in the room. And it was like, oh God. And the first thing that we did was just miserable. It was just so bad, you know? And afterwards, so this is interesting because because afterwards it was like, well, Jesus Christ, what kind of fucking scene was that? Like, mm-hmm. that was, like, what were we thinking? Like, I didn't develop any relationship. I didn't even name you. I had no idea where we were. We were in space, kind of, maybe. Like, we had no idea. There was a robot, but we don't know what the world was. Like, we just had no. Uh, you know, we didn't do the things, yeah. but it didn't hurt. And maybe that's because even though I, I do have higher expectations of myself, like I can point to like, you should have done, you could have done better improv. Mm-hmm. You should have known better. You, you had access to better skills than the ones that you used. And that's, you know, come on. Right. right. But it didn't hurt because it's like, that's the nature of improvisation. And I wonder if that is a matter of practice. Huh. You know, being able to get that perspective. So yeah, quickly. that and and that and that playing isn't precious, and so it's like I, you know I'll play a lot, and I'm signing up for the risk. I signed up for this. Yeah, this is what we are doing this for. Is like yeah, you got to have those shows, you know. And afterwards, one of my one of my colleagues raised a glass. We all went, the three of us went out to eat afterwards, and we all had a beer. And she raised her glass, and she said, "Well, here's to shitty shows with good friends." Oh, and nice. like we all sort of stayed up about it yeah and it was kind of fine you know because we've been we've done it we've been through it and we went through it together and i think it's easier to have that lightness around that around one's own performance if one has the opportunity to perform regularly yes right so because you're on stage so much it's like that was a that was a bit of a bummer a bit of a uh what's the word um that kind of thing yeah and I'll be back up next week. Right. Right. Whereas if it's you get one show a quarter and you mess up, ah. Oh. was my one shot. There's also, there's also, I play enough to know that I'm a good improviser. Yeah. And right. so if I'm a new improviser and that, and every, every time it goes well or bad is like a major data point in That's my, right. in my data set, then, then that, that is a different thing. Yeah, we get whipped it's around like a little I, more. Yeah. Then I. I, I'm a bad show is not going to make me think I don't know how to do this because I've been doing it for 20 years mm-hmm. and I, and I know that I know how to do this, mm-hmm. you know, and I've had enough posi- positive right. experiences to know that when it doesn't go well, it's not because I don't know how to do this or, or it's not, I mean, there's part of it that I will never understand. <laughs> like there's a part of improv mm-hmm. that I will never understand. So know how to do this is not a, not a matter of sort of having achieved mastery or having arrived or something. But, but it, but my, my image of somebody who is a good improviser 
is not shaken. Yes. That makes total sense to me. So if you're at the if you're a beginning improviser. Yeah. How do you loosen that the hold of that crippling expectation, right? The one that wants to be good and isn't is bummed if it if you have a show or a scene that's not. Yeah. Right. For me, I think it has something to do with reminding ourselves what the nature of improvisation is. And that there is a piece of it that remains mysterious. And this actually comes to mind when I, I was, it was sort of, it's not that I had just started teaching, but I, it was a place in my career where I realized that I am an improviser, hmm. which is different than improv is something that I do. It Be, sunk down to level of identity. Well, it was like, oh, like I looked around and at, my, at the things in my life and most of them were improv or improv related. And it was like, I think this is my jam. I think this is what I'm here for. This is where all of my energy has gone. You know, it was sort of outside in, like, look around and be like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Anyway, and that's when I decided that I wanted to be the best improviser possible and the best teacher possible. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling Casey Clam and I was like, can I just pick your brain? Like, you're a great teacher. What makes you a great teacher? Like, mm -hmm. what are the things that... that I want to be, and I explained to him, I was like, I want to be the best teacher possible for me to be. I want mm -hmm. to really, really be an awesome teacher. Like, what should I know? And he was like, teach. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. Of course I'll teach. But what should I know before I do that? He's like, no, there's nothing. You just should go teach. Go just teach. Make it it is put it. the hours in. Like, go do the thing. Mm -hmm. And it will all happen. Of course, there are things to keep going. I don't talk too much. Like, like, there's things. But I love that point, which is the way to become a good improviser is to spend hours improvising. Mm -hmm. So, every, oh, 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 my God. It's kind of like meditation. Ding, 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 ding. It's like meditation, which is you're not successful if you managed to keep your brain empty. You're successful if you sit down. Mm -hmm. And keep coming back. And notice it. Yeah. That's it. You've done it. It is just as successful if you manage, you know what I mean? Like, well, and, and so with your example of teaching, I think that it does require an additional step. So first off, you're putting yourself, you're doing the teaching, but there's also that self-reflection on it. Yes. Right. So if you just went and never no, of checked course. in, but there's the, the harvest of, oh, what, what did I do well? What didn't I do well? What could I do differently? Yeah. What choices do I want to make? Like, oh, that was weird and muddy. I'd do that different next time. That's right. So that, that going back and, and checking in with yourself then propels you into the next one. Yeah. Uh, it makes a big difference. Yeah. But the, thing with, the thing with improv scenes is sometimes that is the process that needs to happen. And sometimes it's, it's just, just like, well, it. there's one. Yeah, there's a clunker. Like punching the clock. Yeah. Just get up and do it. You are doing the work by doing the scenes. You're doing it. Right. And then if you notice a pattern... Where it's like, oh, I'm always playing this kind of character. My character never knows anything. Or I don't, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Or I always go sexual. Or I never can. Or, I, you know, like whatever mm -hmm. the... If you notice something that keeps coming up, well, then, you know, notice your patterns and break them. Right. But, but I guess that would be... If I were to offer advice, is like, yeah, you're going to do some shitty scenes. Mm. They're going to be shitty. And it's going to be... And you're going to wish that they were better. 
And then every once in a while, you're going to have a shining scene that is fun and connected. Right. And that is going to fuel you through the next batch of shitty scenes. Yep. <laughs> like, I yep. think that's kind of how it goes. I know. In my, in my own mind, I tend to reset my expectation bar. Like, if I've had a good scene, it's like, now, oh, I think I should be that good all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like, I do a pretty good job of not getting so attached to the negative end. Like if a bad scene happens, like, all right, well, whatever. Yeah. But when a good one happens, then it's if like, I don't oh, reach I am, that again, I am that, I'm that good. good. And then I go back and, you know, two months later and I try another scene. I'm like, I guess, no, I'm not that good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You were that good then. I was that good in that moment, right? But it feels like. It's not about you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Right. It's like that scene happened. Yeah. I was a part of it. You didn't make that scene happen. Any more than your partner made that scene right. happen. Like, right. you were the ingredients in that scene. Yeah, one of the elements. Yeah. And, you, and you'll and you be an ingredient in, in a shitty scene. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be an ingredient. You know, it's like, my gosh. It's so mystical. <laughs> it's so mystical. I remember hearing about a... a you probably know about this. I want to say it was... It, different, different conceptions of genius. Hmm. And the horrible, uh, the horrible pressure that comes with writing a bestseller. Mm -hmm. Because now everyone's like, ah, she's a best-selling author. Right. And she will now produce, because she has produced this work that was wonderful, yep. Yep. she now is the producer of wonderful works. And so because she made this, you know, this, uh, this uh, genius, you know, now she's a, ge now she's a genius. That's the thing. Right. Instead of... This conception of genius visits you. And if you're lucky, it visits you a number of times. Multiple times, right. But maybe it visits you once and you're done. And maybe it comes back. But like, I'm no different having written this awesome book than I was having written the shitty book I wrote before. Mm -hmm. Like, this, But this one took. Right. Of course, people are looking at you differently now. They look at you differently. Yeah. And, and, and then there's all these crazy... You know, how, yeah. like what feeds what. And if right. people expect a thing from you, then do you rise to, you know, like raising a bar for somebody, blah, blah, blah. But, but there's an interesting... Yeah, that is really interesting. There was a stretch of time where I didn't really know about it when I was a kid. I wasn't aware of the quality of it. But where Stevie Wonder was cranking out album after album that was just sublime yeah I mean, just in, totally inspired the, yeah the rhythms and the complexity and the words and the grooves that he was doing some amazing stuff and it was like this i don't know five or six year stretch he just won grammy after grammy after grammy and then he kind of took a break and it kind of trailed off and then he came back with uh some stuff in the 80s that wasn't nearly as smoking yeah and he always had had well, from the time he's a little kid, had this label of like super talented, but this there was this genius stretch. Yeah. And it totally raised the bar of everybody expecting that from him. And then when the time finally came where he wasn't meeting that standard, it was like, oh, what happened to Stevie? And it's like his run just is, is just, this is what he's making now. Yeah. But oh boy, that's sweet when it happens. Oof. So that's also, it makes me think about you know, the idea of people die hmm. and how are we living? And I'm not sure I'm totally clear on the connection yet. So I'm going to talk about it to see if yeah. I can roll, Let's bring some threads out. wrap my mind back around to it. But it made me think about, yeah, when things are really like 
firing on all cylinders and things just feel good mm -hmm. in my life, it's like the way that I want to show up for that is, yeah, I'll take it while it's here. And, and my life has shown me like there's times when I am buried in work and unhappy and totally out of balance. And there's times when I'm like, God, I work once a week for this five week period. And that's like enough. I'm not, you know, I'm not hurting, but uh -huh. because I've had, it's like a little feasty famine sometimes. And so great. Okay. We'll live in this because this is what's here mm -hmm. now. And I'll sort of trust that something else is going to come back around. And so balance looks mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a I have a longer view of right. of balance, and that when it's bad, it's not like God. What have you done with your life? It's like no, you're just having a hard time right now. Yeah. And if it lasts for five years, look at you know right. it's like yeah. look, but it's like when they, but like give like back off a little bit and maybe like don't attach so much meaning or interpretation to like the fact that this moment is dark. It's like yeah, you're in a dark time. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's a dark time right now. But the other thing that I was going to say, and this is kind of loose, but sometimes you get, I think with this whole, like, we could die, anybody could go, you know, you, you never know, can make, can make a person a slave to, then I must, then there's a way I should show up for that. Or like, well, then hmm. I can sleep when I'm dead. and like, go, 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 you know, like, make sure that I, like, you do the best you can with the information you have yeah. now. And if now I need a break, I don't want to not take it because I might die tomorrow. Right. It sounds like you're acknowledging. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I think it sounds like you're acknowledging the seasonality of life. And that might be over the course of a couple of years where you've got your high points and your low points. And so you're not getting attached too much to either one. But even within the course of a day, you know, like, here's my mood right now. Here's my mood two hours from now. Mm -hmm. Like They're going to shift. They're going to move. And... That you enjoy them when they're there and you get consolation when you need consolation, but it's not like this big churning dramatic response to the whims, right? Like, yeah, and, and we so, can't live like we're gonna die tomorrow, we can't do that, yeah, right? But so you're not the image I'm having is there's like there's a middle ground between living like you're you've got all the time in the world and living like th this could be your last moment you yeah. can't like either one of those is is damaging I yeah think. you're hanging out in the middle of the tide right you're not setting your tent up at low tide when you know the tide's going to come back in and take everything away and you're not saying oh well, no we can't use any of the beach we can only use the the part of the beach that's up above high tide because we'll, you know well, no, for most of the day, that other part of the beach is actually open and you so could just, use it. Yeah. So be willing to move, you know, be willing to shift if you need to. Mm -hmm. And don't set your uh, don't set your boundaries for what your life experience can be at either the low or the high point, right? Yeah. As we were talking about with me thinking, oh, now I'm a good improviser. Well, no, that was a high point. No, that was the... the that was a great it, one. That, you had a great scene. That was cool. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to hang out somewhere in the in the middle. Yeah, in the middle. Range. And, and maybe over time that whole thing will shift upward. Yeah. Or downward. But not getting too Climate attached to Climate change, rising sea levels, all that. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Turning the tide. So... I don't know what that has to do with expectations, really. Except that you can expect the lows and the highs and... Yeah, I, I, I'm... Today I'm, might be bad, and it doesn't mean that everything is always bad. And Right, it's not... For me, what I'm hearing and what you're saying is not getting... Not clamping on to the high or the low mm -hmm. and saying that that's how it's got to be. Yeah. 
from there. Um, and let yourself feel shitty about a shitty scene. That's okay. Great. It's okay. Be angry. Want to be alone. Like, do the thing. And then come, and then come back. Our you friend, know, it's like, yeah. Our friend Pam Victor in Western Massachusetts, who teaches improv, says she lets herself feel bad about a scene for as long as the scene went on. <laughs> so if it was a three-minute scene, she says, I let myself just, like, totally crap on myself for that amount of time. And then once that time's up, doop, no more. Yeah. I kind of like that philosophy. I like it too. Just the same amount of time. Just that window. Give yourself permission to feel crappy. Then let it go. Yeah. And sometimes I reach out to people to help me get out of feeling crappy. And yeah. that can help me understand why I feel crappy about it. Mm -hmm. Does it help you see your expectations? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I'll reach out and I'll be like, I feel weird about that. And here's why. Like... And I'll, I'll, it'll get, it'll help me get to the bottom of like, did I make a bad call? You know, like understand mm -hmm. what happened. And if I can understand why I'm really, why I'm angry, then I can, then I can put it where it belongs. Yeah. Angry or sad or upset or, or if I can't shake a bad feeling. Mm -hmm. Kind of like that. I like so that. I got to reach out and be like, can I get a reality check on this? Like, I'm feeling bad about that show. Yeah. I feel like I did nothing mm -hmm. or I drove all over everybody or whatever. And happily, I have colleagues who will reflect, right. you know, gently, kindly, and honestly. And I know they respect me, so I'm not... Yeah, they, I, there were some times when it was maybe a little a little heavy-handed. But then it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, then I know what to do. I like that. Maybe that might be a, a decent place for us to finish up here is to say, we were asking about how do you bring expectations to the surface... And that this notion of checking in with friends would be one way of helping you see what your own expectations are. And then also seeing how did you measure up to those expectations or those commitments you made to yourself, right? That getting help from other people lets us... Yeah, an, another perspective because we don't, we right. can't see it all clearly. And in, in that sort of like, it, it sounds like she was in a class. Mm -hmm. And like in a class situation, like check in with the coach because mm -hmm. they've got the perspective of time. Right. Of having seen years of improvisation, good and bad, and been in improvisation, good and bad. And having seen you develop as a learner. And having seen you and see where you are. And they can be like, yeah, you know what I think was getting you stuck was this thing. Or, yeah, no, that was, you did everything. It just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Right. That's okay. Yeah. They're not all going to happen. You know, we're like, yeah. yeah, I got a little stuck. I'm not exactly sure what it was. And then we can let them go because those things, because that's how improvisation is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this has this... This one of the ingredients, there are more ingredients than just you and the person in the space. It's like there's this other thing that is sort of alchemy that is, yeah, sometimes brilliant improvisers get on stage together and do poopy scenes and we don't know why. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it works in yes. weird ways that we can't expect. And there's this other ingredient that like yeah. helps make that happen. And we none of us have control over that which is the thing that makes this whole thing exciting. Right. That's the unknown. That's the unknown. Sometimes inexperienced improvisers get together and do absolutely brilliant, brilliant scene. Yeah, it's right. It's totally inspired. You yeah. think, wow, where did that come from? I was like, no one will ever know. Yeah. <laughs> we can't yeah. replicate it. There's the alchemy. Yeah. So don't expect it. Don't expect that angel to visit. But be open. It might. Might. Could. Could. Who knows? You're not in control. No matter mm. how good you are. Mm. Okay. All right, well, how about we end there? Yep. Okay. Bye, everybody. Hey, have a good one, people. It's been a pleasure being with you.
Okay, so there, there it was, expectations. There was a... F- Did this episode meet your expectations, Lisa? I didn't have any, which oh. is my... That's how I approach these, as you, as you well know, is that my expectation is that we will engage in a conversation and something will... Emerge. Emerge. And, okay. And I think that it did. Okay. Did it meet your expectations, Ted? <laughs> what were your expectations of this I episode? I think mine were pretty similar to what yours were. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I'm trying to think, was this a high watermark? Was this a low watermark? I think we were somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I was surprised at how wide-ranging it was in terms of how long we expect to live and the sorts of decisions we make based on those expectations and how much we react to the moment and how much we react to our expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the most powerful piece of it was if you have expectations, you are best served by knowing that you have those. Bring them to consciousness. And, and communicating them to anybody that who is implicated in your expectations. Mm. So if you have expectations of another person or how they will relate to you, they need to know what those are. Yeah. Like your ex-girlfriend who expected you to be a certain way, right? but it wasn't, you know. I like that phrase, impl- implicated in expectations. Yeah. It's like you're gonna serve a summons to somebody, excuse me, ma'am. You've been implicated in some expectations. Impl- implicated in my expectations, just wanna let you know what they are. <laughs> I expect that you will show up well hygiened. <laughs> um, I like that. Yeah. So for, for me, the the piece that I was most captivated by is this whole thing that you laid out. What are your expectations for the process of doing improv with people, and how clearly that creates a parallel or an analog to what I think of how I want to be in a relationship. Yeah. It also feels like once you get clear on how you're going to show up with your people. Then, then you are truly able to let go of, of the quality of the scene. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we don't have those expectations square and the scene is shitty, it's so much easier for me to blame the way you showed up for that. You yep. know, like yep. if we're not, but if it's like, oh no, 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 we, we talked about what we're doing here and what we're aiming at and what the, what the expectations are. And so yep. now we play inside of that with goodwill and, and, if it all works out great, it works out great. And if not, like we did our best and yeah. we look at what we can take from that and leave the rest and go. That, that makes me think of uh, setting up the container like we were talking about with yeah. the, what are the shared commitments. But hey, if we're all operating by a growth mindset, we're all thinking that we care about each other and we're all aiming to take care of each other, this is likely to be pretty darn fun. Yeah, and weird stuff might happen inside that, but that's right. just sort of the, the way that things get tumbled about together. Right on. So listeners, if you uh, want to let us know whether this episode matched your expectations, you can write to info at monsterbabypodcast.com and we will gladly respond to you. Yeah, anytime. Uh, we also want to let you know again, we're going to give a little special... Attention. Highlight to this about our retreat in Maine this summer. And uh, so this is happening the 8th to the 13th. It's on Muir Point, just outside of Brunswick. It's so beautiful. The most beautiful place you can imagine being in the summer. The thing is, everybody who's ever taken it has, like, really loved it. Raved about it. From either it has profoundly changed the way I look at things, to this is how I want to be in the world, to I really needed this right now. I'd lost my creativity and now I found it. I realized that I am a creative person Mm. and I didn't think that I was. I mean, like, all sorts of really powerful learning so we have a great time people who take it have a great time and we really want to offer it yeah so we are coming to you to really think about whether this is something that would be cool for you in your life and if so sign up come hang out with us for a week in beautiful mirror point maine or or if yeah yeah. if you're if you're thinking about like oh that sounds lovely but uh, i don't know if i can afford it or i don't know if it's 
going to make sense in my timing and I just have all these questions or I want to learn more explicitly what do we do with this thing, we want to invite you to contact us, give us a phone call, uh, and we'd be glad to chat with you yeah. to sort of let you know more about the, the event or how it might apply to your life or if you're wrestling with something and you think this might be a little pick-me-up or a boost or an insight giver. We'd love to help you get some perspective on that. Totally. And when we say give us a call, we mean write to us at info at monsterbabypodcast.com and then we'll call you. Yeah. And and we promise uh, not to be salesy about it because the point isn't that we're trying to get people in just for the sake of getting people in, but we'd love to have it be something that We people... want people to be there who want to be there. And exactly. If, yeah. So do that. And also, if you know somebody in your world who mm-hmm. you think would be cool, point them our direction and we'll have a conversation with them. And yeah. we just want to spread the word and make sure that that, that people people get signed up for that. A big old party. So if you want to join us, so you know, think you know somebody who would, um, let's ramp it up, baby. Yeah. Ramp it up. All right. So there it is. That's the that's the plea for all of you out there. Plea. Yeah. And, uh, and I think we wrap it up here. So glad you've been with us. Thanks for listening. We'll, so appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Okay. Be well, people. Bye.